Well, here's what I have determined. I'm going to follow him. He's still in control. He still knows what he's doing. This thing's not about me or you. It's all about him. And so hopefully you have come to that conclusion. And now it's time for us to roll up our sleeves, wet or not, and start getting back to work. We have dug wells. We have rebuilt walls. Now we're going to get back to what we know we need to be doing. And that's seeing people that were dead in their trespasses, dead in their sins, who have no peace, who have no hope, who are in darkness, in bondage. And it's time for us to get back to the business of telling them there's a Jesus Christ who will give them what they've been looking for if they've only trust Him. So with that in mind, I want you to turn your Bibles into Isaiah. Isaiah, that is in the Old Testament. And we're going to be looking at one verse, but we have four points. Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 18. Next few messages that we'll be preaching, we're going to be preaching about invitations. The Bible gives us quite a few invitations. And today we're going to see an invitation to be cleansed. I dare say that every one of us in here needs to be cleansed. Said, so, whoa, 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 I already know I'm saved, Brother Mike. Well, praise the Lord. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to be cleansed. But say, folk, we've gotten dirty along the way. We've been defiled along the way. And we need to be clean once again. So with that in mind, in Isaiah chapter number 1, verse number 18, listen to what the word of the Lord says. It says, come now. I like that word. It's a word of invitation. I like it when somebody calls me up and says, will you come over for dinner? I, I like those invitations, don't you? Or they, 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 they say, won't you come over? Uh, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, have some, uh, some games and some fun like that. I, I like invitations. I like going to things. But I'm telling you, there's never been an invitation like the one that the Lord Jesus gives. He says, now come now and let us reason together. We're going to look a little bit later on what that word means, reason together. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like Crimson, crimson, they shall be as wool. By God's grace, these next few moments, we're going to look at a message entitled, Let's Get Clean. Let's Get Clean. 
It's an invitation to cleansing. I don't know, but I always enjoy when I've worked, which is kind of rare, but when I work out in the yard and get all sweaty, nasty, and grimy, and, and all that, it, it, it's nothing better than getting in the shower, is it? And getting your dial or whatever you use and getting all cleaned up. Now, we have children's camp coming up. Uh, we're leaving Monday. I do not know who I will be with uh, in my cabin, but I'm going to tell you the first little meeting we have is you will take a shower every day. <laughs> okay? If I have to take them myself, they're going to get a shower. They're going to, why? Because they're going to be dirty, going to be nasty, going to be smelly. Isn't that what sin does to us? Now, when you're lost, uh, you, have, uh, you don't have an out. You're, you're bound by that. But if you're saved, you can come to Jesus and you can be clean. Lost person, you need to get clean today. And the only one who can clean you is the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here, he gives us an invitation. Now, what has transpired prior to that? If you go in the preceding verses of Isaiah chapter 1, you'll see that the nation of Israel, they had turned their back upon God. Uh, they have provoked God. They have become spiritually ignorant. Uh, they were, uh, their worship was a joke because they were not worshiping as holy and as clean. See, they were coming, they were defiled, they were dirty, they were nasty, and they were still going through the motions of worship. And it made the Lord sick. But we also see that their judgment that was going to come upon him, on them, was going to be uh, even uh, more severe than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. We, we see here that they have lost sight. They have heard the Lord. They uh, had trusted in the Lord. Uh, but now they've gotten away from that. Uh, they have become clean, uh, dirty and they need to be cleansed. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but uh, when you look at that, uh, we all have a hard problem with this. When someone's been mean and nasty to us, when someone has rejected us, when someone has uh, just uh, kind of shook their uh, uh, fist in our face. It's kind of hard to uh, say, hey, let's, let's go try to work this thing out. What we want to do is get back in their face, don't we? But notice what the Lord does here. He had every reason to go ahead and pass judgment right then. But he held back. Aren't you glad before you met Jesus Christ, he held back? Aren't you glad that He extended your, His grace to you? Lost person, if you're here, you need to understand God has given you yet another opportunity. 
His grace is continued to be poured out. I want you to know our community in which we live, and we talked about it earlier uh, in the day about how it's an epidemic. I'm telling you, we live in a dark community. I don't care if there's a church on every corner. We still live in a dark community. We're understanding that we have an epidemic of uh, drugs. I'm not just talking about the marijuana and all that. Do you realize that we now, on our streets in this town today, we we have those who are pushing heroin that are killing people on a daily basis. Now, I'm not just saying this, and I'm not being a preacher talk here. I'm telling you, the facts are in. We have a problem. But we also see that as we're going and meeting people and going and knocking on doors, that even though they're in the shadow of a church, they're living in depravity. They're, they're, they're depraved individuals. They're doing things that you cannot comprehend that they're doing. And children are, are having to be taken away from many of our homes because of the activities that are going on in the household. We are in a community that has an epidemic of sin and the only cure is for them to come to the invitation that he's given well I know and we've already alluded to and I'm along with brother Travis you know if, if I had my druthers I'd like for him to show up before this service is over and we let one of the deacons finish it out I'm just I'm just kidding I'm just kidding Sort of. No, no, no. I mean, is that all of us that are born again, we would love that, wouldn't we? And sometimes we're saying, Lord, I just don't know why you don't come today. I know why, Grace. Grace. That's exactly what he extended here uh, to the, uh, the nation of Israel. But notice here that having said all of that, the Lord still gives them an invitation. And as we understand this invitation, uh, we also understand that there was still a remnant left. There were still a remnant that believed God and trusted God and was worshiping God in the right way. But we see that an invitation has gone out. And as we study this invitation, uh, we're reminded of 1 John chapter 4, verse number 19. In 1 John there, it talks about that uh, we're able to love Him. How can we know how to love Him? How can we love Him? Because He first loved us. See, have you forgotten that He first loved you? Or have you forgotten it? And we've lost sight of that in the church. We, we're thinking that we got to go and get people cleaned up. That, that's what we need to do. That is not our job. The Holy Spirit will take care of that. And may I remind you that if you've been saved, that the reason why you're saved is because He extended an invitation to you. You didn't go to Him, but He came to you. Now, we see, uh, and, and there's a misinterpretation there on election. We hear a lot about election, about the chosen. We understand in Calvinistic theology that God's already picked and choose. Well, the Bible that I'm reading, the Bible that I've studied does not tell me that. 
because I understand that the Bible says it's God's will for all men to be saved. I've also came to understand, and we looked at this this morning as well, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, the Lord is speaking uh, to uh, the, the nation of Israel, and He says, I didn't pick you because of who you were. I picked you because of love. You do understand this, that the invitation that you've received and the invitation that you'll receive today is not because you deserve to have an invitation to come to Jesus. It's because of the love of our Lord and Savior that He's extended this invitation to you. Matter of fact, the Scripture is quite clear that we deserve death in hell. That's what we deserve. But because of His wonderful, marvelous grace... He's extended an invitation for you to have a relationship with Him. See, here's what the problem is, is that we got too much religion. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. That's the problem there in Israel. They were doing all these rituals and the sacrifices because they were trying to get to God. But God said, I don't want it that way. I want to get to you. And we understand that because He sent His only Son, the Lord Jesus. He sent His only Son to come and to die in your place. And because of His death, you can have life. And so what we're talking about is not about religion. I'm really, really, I don't know how to say that. I'm just kind of sick of religion. I'm more concerned about a relationship. An invitation that I was invited to. Jesus is extending that. He says, come. But I want you to know how, the, how intense this invitation was. That, that word come is a very interesting word. It's an imperative. In other words, it's a command. He's not suggesting that you come. He's not saying if you think about it, you can come. He says, You need to come and notice the next word, now. You don't need to kind of mull it around. You don't need to get a discussion group together. You don't need to have a town hall meeting. Let's sort this thing out. See, the problem that we have in our town and the nation, and I am concerned about our nation, but I live in Lebanon. And my first concern is Lebanon. We are a local body of believers in Lebanon. And we, I have, we have no problems with going uh, and, and missions and, and all that. But I'm telling you, we've lost sight of the fact that God has placed us here and God's placed us here because it's a dark community in which we live and we need to be extending the invitation that we've been extended to that they need to come to Jesus. We don't have to have a meeting with City Hall and sit down let's discuss why we have these problems and how can we correct these problems. I'm telling you the discussion does not need to be we don't need to have a debate on that. The Bible is quite clear. The invitation is that they need to come to Jesus and they need to come now. Now. Now is an accepted time unto salvation. But then we also see that uh, as he calls now, uh, in John chapter 7, verse number 37, Jesus, the Bible says, he extended another invitation there. He says, he cried out. 
He cried out that if you're thirsty, and I believe that as he was talking, he was pointing to himself, if you're thirsty, you need a drink. Drink of me. Jesus said it quite often that he was the living water. Jesus goes on and says that if you drink of him, you'll never thirst again. See, the problem that we have is that we have a spiritual dryness. And we have allowed that dryness to come into our body. Because we have been distracted. We've been distracted and, uh, and all of this has been orchestrated by Satan and his demonic forces. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that this battle that we're waging is not against flesh and blood. Sometimes we lose sight of that. This battle is against principalities and the power of the air. Satan, his demonic forces, and he's orchestrating this, and he's letting people know that they can go ahead and wait on this decision. They can go ahead and think about it. Or he can go and say, you know what? You need to get plugged in over here where they don't preach uh, any, with any conviction. They won't give an invitation. You just go and go and make you feel good about yourself, and then you can go ahead and live like hell if you want to. That's okay. Okay. By the way, we are seeing that in many of our churches. Because here's what we've lost sight of. We've lost sight of it's all about a crowd. Now we like crowds. Uh, I mean, Jesus liked crowds. But we've got to be careful that we're more concerned with a crowd than what can give them life and life eternal. See, we can draw a crowd here. I guarantee you, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, we'll advertise that we're going to have kegs of beer and we're going to have uh, uh, some, uh, uh, some country music, and, and I'm not just picking on uh, country music, but, you know, we're going to have some of them beer drinking songs and about cheating on your wife. And, you know, they've got a, uh, why do you listen to that? Well, it's got a catchy tune. What is wrong with us? Young people are listening to stuff. Why don't you listen to that? And I've listened to some of that, and I cannot understand one word they're saying. I really can't. And I'll ask them, hey, well, why don't you like that? I like the beat. We can go ahead and have that, and we can draw a crowd. But what we need to be concerned with is that what they are needing is not more of what they're getting out there. By the way, now we're seeing in church growth circles that you're needing to identify more with the lost world. Is that not the stupidest thing? Why in the world are we wanting to identify with the lost world when the lost world is trying to identify with something that's going to give them some encouragement and some hope and some life? Here's what we need to be doing. We need to identify with Christ. And we've lost sight of that. And Satan is quite pleased. He doesn't care if you come to church. Matter of fact, he comes every Sunday himself. He doesn't care if you read your Bible through, but he does care if you're wanting to pursue a relationship with the Master. And so he'll do everything he can to hinder that. But notice here this invitation. The invitation was to come now. So we also see uh, the urgency of it. 
See, what we're needing to understand, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to understand, you need to get saved. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to put it off because time is getting short. There's an urgency to this invitation. It reminds me of the man who fell off a 40-story building. As he was falling off the building, uh, many of the people uh, heard him say, so far, so good. And, uh, some of you are going to catch that in a minute. That's how many people live. They've heard the invitation to come to know Jesus Christ. They've heard the invitation to have a personal relationship with him. Things ain't gone too bad in my life so far. And just like that man who was falling, oh yeah, it was going good until he hit bottom. My dear friend, you continue to live like that, you're going to hit bottom. But, and that would be the worst case scenario, that you hit bottom, that you lose everything. Uh, when I was in drug and alcohol counseling, uh, many of those who came to, to me, they, they came because they had lost everything, lost their family, lost their jobs. They didn't have an automobile. They were living in the street. Uh, they were living under bridges. And I said, why did, you now, why did you now decide to come to see me? And they said, because I've lost everything. My dear friend, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you may think things are going well, but you've really lost everything because there will be a day. The Bible says our life is just like a vapor. Proverbs also tells us in the Proverbs it says, don't give thought for tomorrow because it might not get here. And you're trying to scare us now. I'm just telling you reality. None of us are problem. Matter of fact, none of us have a guarantee that we'll walk out of these doors. And so this invitation that he's offered is an invitation that has urgency about it. He says, come and come now. But then I want you to see that he makes a statement. And that statement is, it gives us a sense of the affection or the compassion of this invitation. Notice what he says. He says, come let us reason together. Come let us reason together. For those of you who have been in the courts and you've had lawyers and all that, you understand that this is a legal term. Basically, this is what it's saying. Let's go ahead and settle this thing before it has to go to court. That's what the term means. Let us reason together. Because the Lord Jesus is saying to us, I've offered this invitation. I've offered and let you know that there's a sense of urgency to accept this invitation. He says, now, I'm doing this in love. He says, I want to settle this thing before it goes to court. Now watch this. See, the Lord Jesus has a case against you and he has a case against me. The Bible says that you're a sinner by nature and by choice. We need to understand we are guilty. And the Lord has the case. He has the goods upon us. And if you delay your acceptance of this invitation... He's going to take you to court. And when he takes you to court, you'll stand before a holy, just judge. 
and the judge will pronounce you guilty. By the way, this sentence carries a life sentence. It means that if you continue in your sin and you reject Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says you would spend a place called hell for all eternity. Now, may I remind you what hell is? We have lost sight of what hell really is. Now, we, some of us, uh, hopefully not many, but some of us will use that in our everyday language. We'll say things like, maybe in a relationship that's gone south, oh, it's hell on earth. My dear friend, you don't realize what hell is. We'll say, uh, uh, we'll flippantly say things you know, just use that word. Just, just, just throw it out there. May I remind you, the Bible, and uh, the Bible is quite clear. The Bible calls it a place of torments, plural form. It also calls it a place where you'll have no rest. The older I get, the more I appreciate rest. I like getting on my recliner. I like pushing that button, throwing my feet up like that and waiting for a grandkid to come jump on me and hurt me. That's just kind of how it goes at our house. But I, I like my rest. Yesterday, I was going to cut my yard. But it was storming, it was raining, and I was praising God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I didn't really want to cut the grass anyway. Well, then it started, and I didn't hear, it was storming, you know, it was raining and all that kind of stuff. And then it started getting, getting lightened up, and I said, Lord, Lord, can you send a little bit more, you know? And, and of course, it rained a little bit more. And so that was my excuse. Really, I just didn't flat want to get out there. I was tired. I just wanted to spend a day of doing nothing. I like my rest. But now, dear friend, the Bible says that if you reject Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will be going to a place where you will have no rest. And the torment will never, ever end. I might have told you this story. I worked in the burn unit at Shands at the University of Florida who happened to be the national championships in baseball, but that's another story. I worked in the burn unit some of the most horrific. I mean, I, I can still picture some of the things that I had to see by being in that unit of people getting severely burned and the process they had to do. And I heard the screams. I'm telling you, it's a horrible, horrible thing to be burnt. But do you realize they still had hope though that they were going to get better in time. My dear friend, if you reject Jesus Christ and you die without Jesus Christ, you'll go to a place where the torments will never end. You have absolutely no hope. It will not get better. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Here we see the Scripture tells us the invitation is a, a, one of urgency, but it's also the one of affection. See, because of the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we understand that He's given you yet another opportunity 
to accept this invitation. But then we also see the power of this invitation. Notice he uses a couple words. He uses the words scarlet and crimson. Interesting words here. Back in this time, they would have garments and they would have white garments and they would uh, dye those garments. And they would either uh, get it from an insect or they would get it from a particular shellfish. And that's how they would make their dye. When they would put that white uh, garment in that dye, it would stain it either uh, those colors. It would never, ever turn white again. Couldn't, they didn't, and back in those days, they didn't have bleach and all that. And so once those garments were stained, they were stained forever. Now, I want you to know that one of the, uh, the cruelest things that I could understand is that if you sinned, that you would never be able to have that removed. Wouldn't that be a horrible place to be in? But aren't you glad? No matter how stained your garments have become, the Lord Jesus Christ can make them white again. Lost person, do understand. That's not what God's intent is for you. He wants to give you some new garments today. We're going to camp. I keep repeating myself that because I, I, I do not understand how I ever agreed to this. <laughs> We're going to camp. Well, I've lost a little bit of weight, and so uh, I had to go. Uh, they said shorts were, were uh, appropriate, and we could wear shorts. And, and so I had to go and uh, get me some, some clothes to wear to camp. And uh, so I'm looking, and uh, Rebecca says, well, where do I need to take you, Daddy? I said, the cheapest place. (laughs) I've come to find out there ain't no such thing. (laughs) I mean, everything's expensive. But uh, I went and bought me some new, cl- uh, new shorts and new, some new T-shirts. I'm going to tell you, they're colorful. And, and, and now I thought, I'm, I need some pop, you know. Like, I'm going to be with kids. i got to be a little hip with them. And so what they're going to have, with, your, your children are going to come back, they're going to be traumatized <laughs> because they're going to see Brother Mike and these happening type of, you know, bright oranges and all that kind of color. And then I got these shorts that, they're, you know, they're, uh, they come down about right there. And, and all that and I got some shoes that are kind of colorful and, and I know what they're thinking that old man's trying to be like us what is wrong with him <laughs> and so, but, but, but you know new God, I like having new things don't you I like getting some new clothes now we can go ahead and fuss at the women folk all we want to about going and getting new dresses but I'm going to tell you guys we're just about as bad we like to go and getting us some new clothes I like getting some new suits. I like to get new suits. It's just something about new, isn't it? Now, that's the reason why uh, they now have a fragrance where they can make your car, even though it's 40 years old, uh, that it can make you smell like a new, it has a new car smell. Boy, it's just something about a new car smell, isn't it? I mean, that, they just, mmm, I got me a new car. 
Some of you that maybe have built a house and when you first move in, it's a, you know, it's a new home. Nobody's ever lived in it before. And you, it's just got something about it. And you thought, mmm, smells like a new house. And then the next month you get your mortgage payment and then that kind of weighs away like that. But anyway, we like new, don't we? Everything new. Just the other day, we had a new restaurant to open. A new restaurant. For some weird, strange reason, we thought, hey, let's go on the opening day. We couldn't even get in. Why? Because everybody likes new. Some of us like a new job. It's just something about new. But yet, we're kind of gotten settled and satisfied with the old when it comes to our spiritual well-being. Now, church, I'm preaching to you now. We got to be very, very careful that the reason why we're doing what we're doing and our focus and all of that, that we lose sight, that we just can't go through the motions. We've gotten kind of comfortable in some things. We, we haven't gotten out of our comfort zones I've always sat here. I will continue to sit here. I may even die in my spot here. And I don't understand, uh, but I hope that maybe when I die, they'll go ahead and mark that place that that used to be my spot. We've gotten comfortable, haven't we? We've gotten comfortable with seeing the same faces. Some of you have gotten comfortable with doing what you're doing and you've lost sight of why you're doing it. The reason why we do what we do is because there's someone who needs to put on some new garments. There's someone who's stained. There's someone whose sin has ravaged their body and you can see it on their face and they're looking and they're seeking. Now, that we understand they're not seeking after God, but they're seeking for something. They're seeking there's got to be a better way to live than where I'm living. And they need some new garments. They need a new life. And the problem that we have in many of our churches, and it could be the problem that we are experiencing here, I don't know, you can decide that, is that we've gotten so caught up on other things and we've got had to get out of our comfort zone. Some of us got to do some things that we're not accustomed to doing because we liked the way it was. It was, I know, we, uh, I, I got comfortable. Now you're telling me to sit somewhere else. Now you're asking me to do this. Have we lost there's someone who will come in here that's looking for answers, that's looking for peace, that's looking for light, and they're looking for some new garments. And we've gotten too busy with the status quo that we miss the opportunity. The invitation, come now. Let us reason together. Lost person, you may have walked in with stained garments this morning, but you can leave with a robe of righteousness if you accept the invitation that has been extended to you this morning. In the balcony, 
have you gotten so comfortable that you just come and you plop yourself down and you just kind of sit back and say, well, as long as he gets us out by 12, I'm all right. See what he has to say today. You need to be cleansed on the main floor. Could it be that there's someone here that's just gotten comfortable? You've kind of lost sight of why you even come to church. It's just kind of become a habit for you. You, you just come because I've always, I've always been in church. Well, praise the Lord. But if that's your motivation, maybe you just need to be cleansed. And you need to understand that this is about new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is about those who are on the outside who need to get in. This is about that one who's shooting up. This is about the one who's overdosed at least twice. This is about the one whose marriage is about ready to go to divorce court. This is about a child or grandchildren that have gone astray. And you're looking for something. You're looking for some kind of answers. But we've gotten so comfortable and we forgot what Jesus Christ has done for us. See, here's what's happened. And I've seen it many, many times when those come to me and they say, my relationship is about ready to get split. Our relationship's not what it used to be. I always had to ask him, can you remember a time when you were in love? I said, oh, yeah. I remember what's changed. Church, can you remember the first time you fell in love with Jesus Christ? I've said it many times before, but the, the most happiest person that you'll ever meet is someone who just got saved and hadn't met a theologian. They're just happy in the Lord. They're just happy that my grave clothes have been removed and I got a robe of righteousness. <laughs> I'm grateful to God because I understood it wasn't because of me. I, I grew up. I didn't, I didn't have the education. I didn't go to the elite schools. I, I'm not able to uh, go and, and hang with the, the, the social elite. I just, I just come and I came to realize that Jesus Christ loved me in spite of what I've done. He loves me. It doesn't matter if I have money in the bank or I don't have money in the bank. He loves me. If I drive a new car, I don't drive a new car. He just loves me just because because he loves me. And because of that, I fell in love with him. Have you lost sight of that first love? If we have, here's what he's come to say. Come, let us reason together. And he's extended his arms just like he did to that prodigal son in Luke 15. Today, some of you need to come back home. I'm not talking physically speaking. I'm talking spiritually speaking. You need to come back home. 